Hola, mi amigos. Welcome to the Atsy Houston Admigos podcast, a podcast for young professionals in the marketing and advertising industry who are learning to navigate their early careers. I am Rose Garza, the EDI chair and past president of Atsy Houston, joined today by my co-host. Hey everyone, I'm Raven, and I'm the co-communications chair of Atsy Houston. And as always, our producer, Jacob Danton, who's in the studio with us. Hello, everyone. Today on the show, we have Audrey Pham. Hi. Audrey, I want to welcome you to the Atsy Houston's Admigo podcast. It's a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So Audrey is a talent acquisition advisor at HCSS. She has worked in talent in HR for over six years within the Houston community. She has a rewarding career that has been able to help people connect with others. Audrey, can you please introduce yourself and tell our followers how you got involved within the industry? Sure. Well, first, thanks for the kind words. Um, But yeah, so my name is Audrey. I am currently a talent acquisitions advisor, like Rose just said. And um, how I got into this industry, man. So I had gone to school for HR originally. And in HR, there's the the tiny aspect of recruiting, but not really, right? It's never focused. But growing up, um, even in my retail days, like Abercrombie & Fitch or Michael Kors or something like that, I would always try to get people to work wherever I was working because it was just the best place ever. And from there, I was like, I think I can be a recruiter. Like, this is is where I think I want to be. And so that's kind of how I just fell into it, and I've loved it ever since. As our industry starts evolving, the talent landscape will experience an accelerated shift. So how do you think the hiring process is going to be evolving in the next few years? I would say a lot of the pandemic has affected this. People are working remote, and they like it, right? And no company can tell someone to come back after being remote for two years. And so I would say we're going to we're going to be seeing a lot more remote opportunities, a lot of more companies hiring remote. So that means a lot of remote interviews, a lot of just, again, remote opportunities. And I also think that as of as of late, I've seen a lot more people and companies hiring for soft skills over over all the skills that, that, that are listed on resumes, right? Over, I, I don't want to say over experience, but soft skills has become something that is a lot more important to hiring managers and companies lately. And I, I, don't, I, I would not be surprised if, if they expected more of that in, in the upcoming years. You hit on something really interesting there with like a lot of people uh, wanting to work remotely more and simultaneously soft skills being more important. Mm -hmm. But personally, I feel like in um, my experience with remote work and remote meeting up, those kinds of subtle soft skills that people are good at, the je ne sais quoi or whatever, I don't speak French, (laughs) um, you know, that can be a lot harder to determine remotely. So, you know, that that is kind of one of the arguments for people for maybe remote work uh, is not going to be as permanent or as prevalent and pervasive as many people think it is. So how do you think those are, you know, kind of playing together? Yeah, no, so that's a good point. And I'm actually really glad you brought that up because those are so, those are so two different things, right? I do believe that when when companies are going to start hiring and they are going to be remote, soft skills might not be something important that they look for because they don't, the, the person they're hiring doesn't have to come on and get along with everyone on the team. 
face-to-face or what have you, right? They're not in person, so it's completely different. Um, But I would say for companies that are hiring in person or anything like that, that they are going to be looking for those soft skills because they want people that are good people, right? I think we've realized now that we want a good human to work with us. And so I think that trumps your certification in this. Yeah, I definitely think you're right because I like going on interviews just even if I'm not looking for anyone to go. Yeah. <laughs> just to make sure like you're keeping up with how to do the whole interview process because it does shift all the time. Yeah. And one of the questions that does come up a lot is, you know, can you name your top five soft skills? And it's never come up until as of recently since the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So as the pandemic starts to what I hope wind down, a hiring frenzy is beginning to happen as businesses continue to open up. Bloomberg predicted that many employees will be making a job change this year and how both companies and individuals will capitalize on the expansive movement in the marketplace. With that being said, how can people entering the marketplace or switching to the industry set themselves apart from other candidates? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I was reading this question and I was like, how can they? Right. But I think what I've noticed and something that has stood true throughout my entire career in 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 recruiting is that people that are genuinely themselves they're not putting on a front they're not they're not trying to be they're not trying to pretend to be something or someone that they're not right i feel like we try to get into this mindset when we're interviewing and we're like i need to be this person in order to get the job and it's like you don't need to be anybody by yourself because one you're being dishonest in the interview process, right? Um, and people show their true colors at some point. And so you want to just be able to to be yourself because these recruiters, trust me, they have met with so many people, they can see right through someone faking it. And you don't, you, you don't want that. <laughs> That's not how you want to start a relationship, right? <laughs> so be authentic. Be authentic, absolutely. During the pandemic, the job search has shifted largely to virtual interviews and that kind of thing. So what advice do you have for young talent on interviewing virtually? How can they set themselves apart in this virtual space? I would say virtually, in person, a lot of the same rules go hand in hand. Whenever you're interviewing, you want to be able to present yourself well, not only yourself as in dress dress like you want the part but also make sure your room is clean (laughs) or wherever that you are because i would hope so believe it or not (laughs) some people don't and it's like we get distracted right and we'll start to be like what is that like what what's in their room it's just like oh wow like look at all this stuff wow they really did not clean you know and so we get distracted and if anything help us out <laughs> uh, clean your room and 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 yeah like just a lot be on time also right maybe be a little bit early ooh also another tip i would say is that not a lot of people are used to interviewing virtually and so a lot of people have technical issues so whenever we say log on 10 minutes before to make sure there are no technical issues we mean it figured so that that way it's figured out before anyone actually sits down and starts interviewing because that time that you're sitting down trying to figure out all your technical issues that's the time 
that is being taken away from your interview. You don't want that, right? So in that vein, how do you recover from those kinds of interview faux pas virtually that aren't really a thing like in person, like children or pets interrupting or <laughs> uh, Wi-Fi going down? Like it's always really rattling yes. on that side when that kind of thing happens. So how would you <laughs> how do you recover from that? Oh, my gosh. OK, so this is this actually these things make me laugh. Right. If somebody you can tell is ready for the interview, ready to go and say they have a baby crying in the background or their dog is barking. This has happened to me multiple times. You can't do anything but laugh. These people are human. Right. And you're interviewing at home. So you can't get mad at that. Right. You can't expect, oh, somebody interviewing to go and just get their dog boarded up every time or get a babysitter. Even if you get a babysitter, they're probably going to still be at home and the baby's probably still going to cry. It's like it's I would say for me as a recruiter, I I'm very I'm very understanding about those things. They're at home. Right. And they are human. So it's OK if their baby cries. <laughs> <laughs> so just don't let it shake you because, you no. know, you're not that shaken up D- by it. No, don't. I mean, I, obviously you can. I have a, I have a lot of interviewers that are like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry about my dog. And then I'd be like, it's fine. I love dogs. My dog would probably be barking too, but she doesn't live with me right now, right? So it's I, – I truly like to make them feel more comfortable about it because it's not their fault. Well, that's relieving to know that y'all don't take that personally. <laughs> so after an applicant applies for a job, they might be thinking of sending a follow-up email, but don't quite know if that's the hiring process tactic to follow. What are your thoughts on a candidate sending a follow-up email after applying, or so they wait to hear back from the hiring representative before reaching out? I'm going to be real. It doesn't hurt, right? It literally does not hurt to send a follow-up email. If it makes you feel good, do it. And truthfully, it might make you stand out. I could say have 100 resumes to go through and somebody reach out and being like, hey, I applied a week ago, want to see what the status was. And I would be like, oh, I'm not done yet, but let me go check out this person's name really fast since they just emailed me. And it could just make me go straight to their resume, right? So I, I would say it doesn't hurt. The worst thing somebody can say is no or what, ha- like just no or not reply to you, right? So I would say it doesn't hurt. That's my answer. Is there a time frame of when you can reach out? Is a week, two weeks accepted? I mean, I know you shouldn't send it the next day. But <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I, a week, two weeks, sure. I'm not personally bothered by it. So if somebody wants to send a follow-up email, send it. Again, the worst somebody can say is, hey, we haven't gotten to you yet or something along those lines. Or maybe you could even get your answer. So, Yeah, I, I think personally after that, I always worry about like bothering people, you know, too much. Maybe it's good to bother people. That's fair. Right? <laughs> I would say as... I'm going to be honest here. Sometimes as a recruiter, you have to keep track of so many individuals, so many things that sometimes somebody sending them follow-up email is a reminder. And it's like, oh, I forgot about this person. Actually, yeah, let's go ahead and move forward with this because X, Y, and Z, right? You could be helping them out. So I... I have... And I'm sorry to all the recruiters out there listening to this, but... Sometimes bothering them is 
you'll get your answer at some point. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to know. So once the candidate has gotten to the interview stage of the process, how can they develop questions to stand out during the interview instead of asking, you know, cookie cutter questions that you've heard a thousand times? Okay, I love this question. And it's because I've started to realize the questions that I like from people are the ones that they genuinely want to know, right? Not the, tell me what your day-to-day looks like. Tell me, well, I mean, some somebody could actually genuinely want to know that. So, but it's it's things that you actually are curious about, right? Don't don't hold yourself back to what you genuinely want to know about the company. And I do believe that you become more curious and you come up with more genuine and authentic questions by doing more research on a company because you'll start to understand what they do and the things that they do and maybe how their culture is so on and so forth and you'll start to dive deeper into what their company does on a daily basis or has and from there you can you can kind of develop your own questions because you're like okay i want to ask more than just this standard surface level question. I want to ask something deeper because I've done my research. And that shows me people have done research if they ask me more in-depth questions. So questions that are genuine questions and uh, questions that show they've done their homework are good ones? Yeah. And sorry if that was a little confusing, but, you know, I, I would think that questions come off more genuine and more curious whenever you actually have done your research. I definitely think that goes back to what you said earlier, which is being authentic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's definitely a good tie-in to yeah. make. So knowing what to do or not to do in an interview is as crucial as having a good resume or good references. So I love to hear, hear your advice for young professionals on common missteps, any interview tips and tricks, and anything you want to share with our audience. So I would say the the most common misstep or like mistake that I've seen from interviewers are people that come in and pretend like they know more or that they really know what they're doing, but in reality, they have no idea, right? Like these individuals, they, to us, come off as someone with no humility. They can't admit they're wrong or they can't not they can, or or they're arrogant, right? Or they're too confident in themselves and they might not be willing to learn as easily as others might be. And so you don't want to come off that way, right? Again, going back to being authentic. If you don't understand something, be open about that and just say, I haven't done this, but I have done something like it. And truthfully, I'm willing to learn and I'm a quick learner. Segue into that, right? We appreciate that so much more than someone trying to lie their way through something that they think they know because they did a little bit of research. And truthfully, I, I, I would say being honest about things like that is, is something that goes a long way for recruiters and for hiring managers in general. Young talent such as the Add2 crew and the target audience it's reaching are really anxious about failing during interviews. No. <laughs> uh, I think that's a big thing that, you know, you're interviewing for your first real big person job. Yeah. So, you know, you got to you got to act like a grown up in a way that that's maybe you true. don't feel like right after graduating. Mm-hmm. So, how do you um can you give some tips on how young talent can relax during the interview process and turn it into a fun conversation of some sort? 
Um, well, I, oh my gosh. So this honestly, it makes me kind of sad that people are this nervous and they're afraid of failing in the interview process, right? But at the same time, I've been there. We've all been there. We've all been afraid to interview and we've all been afraid to to fail and get rejected. And I'm sure you've seen your be- uh, your share of oh. bad interviews. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And I feel bad, right? But at the same time, we've all been through it. And I know that from, I would say, from personal experience, and this is me leading into professional experience of like what advice I would give to anybody interviewing, right, is that no matter how the interview goes at the end of the day, as long as you tried your best, every single interview is a learning experience. Take every interview that you can get, no matter what that interview is. It could be for the most boo-boo job and you already know you don't want it. Take it anyway because all of those opportunities are for you to practice interviewing and giving the spiel about yourself whenever they ask you the, so tell me a little bit about yourself. (laughs) That's whenever everyone freezes, right? Or at least I do, because I never know what to talk about. But that's your time to actually get to perfect that and understand what people like that you've highlighted and how, how interviewers react to certain things that you say, right? It's, it's, it's about practicing. And at some point, somebody is going to appreciate your interview so much that they hire you. And that's the goal. So I would say don't be, I mean, it's easier said than done, but don't, don't be afraid of failing and, and getting rejected. Every single, every single interview process and or every single interview that you get. And I can say this as somebody that has been in the industry for a long time. I've had to job search too. <laughs> and I'm terrified of getting rejected. And this is what I remind myself every single time I'm interviewing is that every one of these interviews is a practice, right? And just learn from all of my mistakes and move forward from there. That's all you can do. Yeah, really. I want to stay on topic of rejection. So we don't always get the job, but we don't know exactly why that is. You know, we, the HR person or the talent acquisition person might not reach out yeah. and say it. They just might send a, you know, deny letter or something. If you even get one at all. Yeah. (laughs) So is it appropriate for the applicants to send a follow-up email after being rejected, asking what they could do differently during the next interview? 100%. I actually really appreciate those people. And for me, whenever I see those, it's just like, this tells me so much about this person and say they didn't have enough experience or they were just lacking one thing, right? It gives me... It gives me a sense of this person is willing to get feedback from me or the hiring managers, learn from it and grow from it. And for me, those people stick out and I'll probably keep them in mind if anything else opens in the future. And I'll probably reach out to them again and be like, hey, it's been a couple of years. I'm sure you got X, Y, and Z experience and want to see how's it going, right? I love it when people interviewing do that. It just, it says a lot about them and their character. Would it be appropriate to do that if you don't get an interview? Like if you just get rejected first round? Mm, good question. I probably wouldn't expect a, a very in-depth answer. It would very much be like you didn't meet the qualifications. And so 
You can if you wanted to. I'm just not sure if you're going to get a different response than what you had already probably gotten rejected for in the first place. Yeah, it's fair. Just if you just wanted to know, like, you know, what specific qualifications are you looking for that I'm not that you're not seeing on my resume? Gotcha. To be honest, a lot of that would probably be on the job description. That's fair. (laughs) And um, (laughs) they would be able to, to, to see it. And if they want if they wanted me to spell that out for them, I I might if I have the time. You mentioned, you know, people wanting to work remote and people, I think, are largely changing what they see their relationship to the workforce and the workplace is these days. Mm -hmm. Um, So how in your interviews would you see if you're the right fit and see if you can maybe make some of those more or uh, yeah, I guess, untraditional changes like maybe somebody wants to work, you know three days in office, two days remote. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's their personal boundary. Mm-hmm. So how would you go about doing that and seeing if that's feasible in the interview process without seeing seeming like you're um, uncompromising or a bad candidate? I would say whenever at least we're hiring that our company culture already is very much people-centric. And it's not just... We really care about our people and we're willing to do all these things for them. Yes, that is true. But what makes up our company culture are the people, right? And this is something that we share with people interviewing and and, and anyone that really even applies should know this. And so whenever it does come to working remote and having everyone be used to it, we, we get it. We understand. And we have we, we do have a, a hybrid work schedule. But I would just say, I would just say, ask in a way that's more of, I know that the last couple of years has changed a lot of different companies' way, styles, ways or styles of working. What, what do you envision for the future of your employees, right? Is it more hybrid or are, are people more remote now? I think that it, that gives more of a, hey, I'm curious as to what you guys are doing versus this is what I want. And this is how I'd like to work, right? And it helps you get your answer and really fashion the the realistic idea of what you could possibly be signing up for if if you got hired on. So, so just kind of get a feel on them and their plans and what they're looking at, you know, transitioning to. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I I think that, and that could be one of the questions that you ask. Right. Because it's very relatable right now. Who's not asking that question? Like, Are you guys going back to the office? How do you see this going? And that way you are not making it about you, but you are genuinely asking what their plans are, because typically if they have a plan for their entire company. They're they're not. I mean, you could always ask, but it's, it's one of those things that they're not always going to try to do something for just you right especially if it's their culture that's a great way to phrase that question though i like that a lot (laughs) (laughs) well now i'll know it's like whenever somebody asks that it's like what do you really want (laughs) just kidding it's fine you can ask thank you audrey for joining us on the add to houston's admigo podcast today yeah no thanks for having me it's been it's been fun talking to you guys is there anything in particular that you wanted to plug right now would be the great opportunity 
Oh, yeah. So um, if anyone's interested in working in the tech space or the tech industry, my company, HCSS, is hiring a ton right now. And we're open to young professionals. So we are a tech company that provides innovative solutions for construction companies nationwide. And I mean, we're looking to grow, but it's really exciting. We're, we're growing a ton right now. So feel free to, you know, reach out to me. And yeah, this could, could it, it could, it could be fun. It could work out. Um, if y'all want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, feel free to. I'm, I'm always open, whether it be for tips, advice, you just want to connect, um, or you're looking for a job, let me know. My name is Audrey Pham. So that's A-U-D-R-E-Y p-h-a-m and it'll it'll have my title on there so <laughs> hopefully you guys will find me well, all right yeah thanks for coming yeah no I'm, i i loved it thank you guys so much for having me hey guys before we go don't forget to join us for corporate cupid on february 10th 6 30 p.m at cactus cove join us to houston for a night of speed networking get to know the agencies from around the city in a lightning round of interviews connect with professionals and the agencies leading the industry in Houston. Once again, that's February 10th, 6.30 p.m. at Cactus Cove. For more details, check out our Facebook. Also, don't forget, live from Houston, the 60th American Advertising Award, February 17th, 6 p.m. at the Ballroom at Value Place. Don't miss the opportunity to be in front of Houston's advertising and marketing bigwigs, all in one place for one evening only. There will be a gallery displaying the incredible work of 2021, a live band, and lots of in-person schmoozing. For more information, go to aaf-houston.net. Can't wait to see you there. Thank you for joining us today. The Add to Houston Amigos podcast is produced at Radio Lounge. Add to Houston is a collaborative collective of young communication professionals, aged 32 and under, who are looking to make a difference in the industry. If you would like to become an amigo, Join us at at the number two houston.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at at the number two Houston. Thank you for listening.